welcome to Ask Abby, a podcast where I help women who have a tough decision to make to connect to the inner wisdom of their body, find their own answers, and move forward. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Ask Abby. I have Allie from Finding Mr. Height here with me. Hello, Allie. Hello. How are you doing today? I am wonderful. How are you? Good. Ready. Ready to do the thing. Yeah, let's do the thing. That sounds good. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what you do, both your jobs, I guess, your job, the new business, and like kind of where, what's going on and where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a dating coach, um, which spoiler alert is my side hustle, second job. Um, But I run a dating coaching business called Finding Mr. Height on Instagram and TikTok. Um, And I give dating advice and videos and whatnot in addition to my one-on-one coaching. But that is really a more recent side hustle that I've launched in the last three months, I guess. Um, And in my sort of real life, if you will, um, I'm in corporate retail. Uh, I do like financial forecasting um, and inventory planning for uh, a retailer. Very exciting. And why don't you tell everybody a little bit about like what what you're dealing with in terms of like, okay, I've got these two things. I really like my job. I work this day job and I want to grow this business. I'm like, just tell us a little bit more about where you're at there. Yeah. So I absolutely love my day job. Um, it's been, retail has been my career since I graduated college. So I've been in retail for, for gosh, 15 years almost. And I really love it. Um, however, I, like I said, I recently launched this dating coaching thing and it kind of came as a surprise to me. When I got on, so I was originally just blogging about my own dating life on Instagram to like a thousand people or something like that, mostly friends of friends. And then I got on TikTok in October and that has scaled rather quickly. Um, I have over a hundred thousand followers now, which is nuts. Um, And sort of a little bit into it, I realized, I think this can be a business. People are asking me for advice. I should charge them for it. Yup. And and so I started to figure out what those options could look like. I established a few different programs. It's all one-on-one at the moment um, in terms of the things that I monetize besides sponsorships. And I've done a couple brand sponsorships through my TikTok and Instagram. And I built a website. I, I did all of that. And now I'm at this point where I really love my retail job. I absolutely love it. I don't want to stop doing that, but I also am really enjoying and feeling fulfilled by the dating coaching that I've been doing and the TikTok videos and my community that I've built on those platforms. And I'm trying to figure out how I can scale that business while not working 20 hours a day, yeah, seven days a week. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, little side note for everybody listening. I want, so I've been talking to Ali about coming on the podcast and uh, like she posts all the time, right? And then she tells me she's got a day job. She doesn't have anyone working for her. And I was like, you must be a manifesting generator, right? There's the only way that you're keeping up with all these things. Well, we pulled her chart and she is a one, three splenic projector. I was very surprised to see. Um, so yeah, like I, I'm so intrigued by you being a projector and doing all of these different things. and like, honestly, excelling at them. Well, it's interesting because, so I had never heard of human design before talking to you, Um, knew nothing about it, hadn't even heard the words. And, but then as you started talking to me about even the little first bullet you sent me about what a projector is, I think it was like, needs a lot of sleep and should only work like three hours a day. (laughs) 
that sounds like me. Like I, I mentioned this to you earlier, but my parents like to tell a funny story of when I was little and I was sleeping like 13 hours past when you're supposed to, like not as a baby, but as like a seven, eight year old. And they would come in and make sure I was alive because of how much I was sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. A little projector child. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm so tired all the time. Yeah, I know. And that was my next question is like, how are you doing? How are you doing running this business? And we're, I was shocked when you told me you had a full-time job. I was like, what? Yeah. And it's, it's honestly more than a full-time job. Like right now I'm actually covering for someone who's on maternity leave. So I'm doing her job and my job. And I hired someone to help me. Like, I love it again, but it's just, it is more than a 40 hour work week as it is. And then I have all this dating coaching stuff, which is very fun but takes up a lot of time. And then I'm also kind of thinking about, I launched this business in a time where I'm not doing a whole lot else in my life. I don't have much of a social life. I don't leave my apartment very much. I I play competitive volleyball usually, and I'm not doing that right now because we can't. So there's a lot of elements of my life that hopefully will come back. And currently there is no time for them. Dating, I mean, gosh, I'm a- Yeah, I know. It's like, do you even have time to date? No, certainly not. So like I, I was talking to a guy the other day and, I, and he asked when I was free and I was like, mm, next Friday, this was like five days ago. I was talking about a day that was 10 days into the future was the first available day. Hey, you are a busy woman with a lot on your plate. That's not a bad thing. No, not at all. But I just, I need more. I, I get a lot of energy from, and now this so makes sense that I've always said this about myself, but I get a lot of energy from my friends a yeah. lot. Your little generator friend. And probably, um, yeah. I'd be interested to find out what my best friend is actually. Um, but I get energy from being in my groups of friends and being in, in my social life. And I, I don't have that now. It's just me. And that mm-hmm. has been very difficult. I know it's been difficult for a lot of people, but specifically scaling my second business while not having that support system that usually gives me a lot of energy. Yeah. And that is so true. Like, it's funny that you're like putting those pieces together because, because of how the safe girl center works, when you're within the field of someone who's a generator, you're kind of getting a little boost off their energy. You're like, you're amplifying their energy and you're able to run off of it. Um, it's not sustainable. Like it's not yours. And that's a lot of times what can burn us out is that we think we can keep up. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I got this. No big deal. Um, and then the second you get back home alone, you're like, Oh my God, I'm white. Like, I specifically remember an incident three jobs ago where I was like running myself to the bone at work. I was working so much. And I was also stressing because I was supposed to cook my boyfriend this birthday dinner, boyfriend at the time. And I got home and in the middle of cooking dinner, I vomited. Yeah. Like I was just so, my body was like, "Mm, stop. Yeah. Yeah. And that is that like, that is that like hitting a wall, that sacral center. It's like, dude, I'm done, you know? And that is very much so our gut. So that doesn't surprise me that you would have even like um, physically seen that. Um, And trying to watch that is so important for us projectors. I mean, I know he's telling you this before we hit record, but like really remembering we can't keep up with everybody else and letting things be a little easier and like a little more restful Um, and finding ways. Like, I think it's so cool that you're doing both these things and like just because you're a projector doesn't mean you can't have a full-time job and run a successful business. It's just like, how can we do it and still keep your sanity and like keep your energy? Right. Um, And my number one thing with that is always going to be outsourcing, which I know you and I have talked about. It's like, well, where can you outsource to someone else? 
so that you're not doing all of the things. Yeah. So I'm like thinking a lot about outsourcing and I'm also thinking a lot about passive revenue streams because right now I don't make money except for like the money that TikTok pays you for views, which is pretty minimal. I don't make money unless I am face to face with one other person. Mm -hmm. And so that's just not, and I, I only have so many hours in the day that I'm available to do that. Um, So like right now I have my coaching sessions limited to Monday to Wednesdays. So I take Thursdays off. Yeah, how many, how many clients-ish are you seeing right now a week? I would see probably eight or nine people a week right now. Um, between, well, I also do, because I also do these 15 minute intro calls that are free that when I started doing that was when I really amplified my coaching roster, if you will, because people were then able to kind of talk to me a little bit before paying me. Yeah. Um, so I have an hour on Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, I have an hour of those back to back to back to back. So I talk to like, whatever that is, four people. Mm. And then I'll usually have two or three clients after that. Okay. 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 That makes more sense. Cause then I'm like, eight or nine calls. Oh. Yeah. So, and then I record a podcast also. I started a podcast about a month ago with a friend of mine. So then we'll do that. So there's just a, a lot going on. And I, I would love a way to continue to scale it while being able to scale back my personal time commitment to it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. Exactly. How can you continue to scale this business without being the single-handed like lady behind the whole, whole entire thing? And are you getting to a point where you're like full, like you almost don't even have space for clients? So I actually raised my prices last week because I was sold out for the next four weeks. Yeah. Um, And let me tell you that pressing update on the website to raise those prices, I, my finger was like shaking going towards the click button. I like, it was very, and I also, I was just having anxiety about this this morning. No one has booked a session since I raised the prices. It was only three days ago. Yeah. And I'm booked for the next four weeks. Yeah. But I still have this thing in my head, like, oh God, you shouldn't have done that. When in reality, I'm, I'm fully booking my time. I can clearly charge more. You definitely can charge more. And were you, were you happy with the rates you were charging before? Like, did you feel good about them? Or did you feel like that was what people were willing to pay? It was, I knew that it was my intro rate. Yeah. Definitely. And it made sense at the time. But as I, and I, I calculated what my hourly rate is at my day job and made it a little bit higher so mm-hmm. that I would feel like I was, um, I would feel like I wasn't like taking steps backwards in terms of what my time is worth. Um, but it was definitely a first step. I knew that I wanted to level it up as I moved forward. And do you do just single sessions with people or do you do like program containers? I do a lot of different stuff. So I do, I have a program that's called my profile reboot, which is a series of two sessions where I help somebody sort of either revamp or create from scratch their dating app profile. Yeah. Um, I also do individual coaching sessions. So you can do a 30 minute or a 60 minute, like one-off session. Um, but usually that will then ladder into a longer term plan. And I, at the moment, I don't have that totally ironed out. Like this is exactly what it looks like because different people have different needs. Mm -hmm. So I have some clients where we have a standing weekly session. I have other clients where they kind of have me on retainer and we'll text back and forth or I set up a Google voice number. Um, so Are that's you more for that texting time. 
Oh yeah, they have, it's a retainer. So they pay me, they pay me like a monthly amount. And then we, and then within that they get. Yeah, that's how I structure my coaching too. So yeah, just, you know, make yeah. Sure. Like, so they get one, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get like one session a month and then this texting as a, as a part of that price. Um, and then depending on, then I kind of reevaluate, you know, what is, what is my time with this person look like? Does the price that they're paying still make sense? And we kind of like ongoing talk about that in both directions. There are some people that, you know, paid me a retainer and then they're not using it. And I'll kind of talk to them about that. Yeah. Um, so, and then I have bundles. So somebody can buy like three or four sessions at once for a discounted rate per session. So which out of all of these options is like your favorite, like, which is your favorite to do or your favorite to book? And do you feel all over the place having that many different ways of structuring it? Like, does that feel overwhelming to you or do you like how it's set up? I like it. Um, I think my favorite thing is the profile reboot. That's my favorite one to do. It is also the most labor intensive. Mm. Um, like spoiler alert, if anybody is looking for, uh, to book with me, that is the most bang for your buck because I put more time into it than it is actually priced out at. Um, but that's like a price elasticity thing that, um, so yeah, so I like it. Yeah. So you're okay with how you're structured. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but I think ideally I would like to get into, and I'm actually currently working on a survey that I'm going to post to my Instagram story later today of asking people what they would most want from me in terms of more financially accessible options, because not only do I want this passive revenue stream, but the passive revenue stream is going to be comprised of things that are cheaper per purchase because I'm not one-on-one with someone. Yeah. So there's a benefit for the other people, for people too, because they're, you know, one-on-one coaching is expensive. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And it's always good to have an option that's like, okay, available for the masses. And then people can decide if they want to take that investment further and really work with you one-on-one. Right. So have you considered making the profile reboot an online course? That's one of the things that I'm going to do. So the things that I'm thinking about, and I want to do all of these things, but I need to figure out where to focus my energy first. And that's why I'm going to do the survey in terms of, you know, so online courses is one of them where there's potentially some video aspects of it, where I record videos, but there's also potentially like a lower level of um, financial commitment where I give you my best tips in like PDF format kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because my tips for a dating app profile translate really well to that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Like I wrote a blog post about it that I could just literally turn into a PDF. Um, so there's that piece. Then there's webinars where people like a live Zoom webinar where people can ask me questions almost like a TikTok live, but it's, you know, a more gated experience. Um, And then group workshops. So that would be, you know, a smaller group where it's, you know, maybe I would actually help you with your individual profile, but there's five other people there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like hot seat coaching, which I do a lot with people in groups like that, where I coach each person for like 10 or 15 minutes and people Mm -hmm. get a lot out of it because like, it's so helpful to hear other people going through the process too. Yeah. So I really, I love doing it that way. I like that phrase, hot seat coaching. Hot seat coaching. Yeah. yeah. That's what we typically call it in the coaching industry. And it's like, yeah, like each person, you can either like have a couple people, you know, apply to go on or mm-hmm. do everybody if it's a small enough group. Um, but I found people really enjoy that when I've done that. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great idea. So, and then I was telling you that I'm not normally a believer in manifestation in the like the way people say, like, you know, you say it out loud and then it'll happen. I understand there's more to it than that, but 
yeah. I'm being glib, but, <laughs> but this week or last week, I was talking a lot both to you and also on my TikTok lives about this passive revenue stream idea. And I talked to, I've had a couple of people, I was, I've been interviewing for a virtual assistant and I was telling her about it. And I also specifically said in this one TikTok live that I really am looking for a platform or an easy way to have canned content, recorded content that I'm able to sell. And specifically, I wanted a, a way to have my TikTok videos to be searchable, like a directory of videos where people could type in dating app opener and then my dating app opener videos would come up and they'd pay a very nominal fee to be able to do that. Whereas like on TikTok, you spend like a million years scrolling and still maybe never find the thing. Yeah. How would you, how would you do that? Have you looked into that enough? So I was talking about a TikTok live where I was like, yeah, I, I want to make it on my website, but that would take forever to yeah, upload every one. single TikTok video and tag them all. Like I, I can't even. And that night, a brand reached out to me through the TikTok has this thing called the creator marketplace that you can apply to be in that I'm in where brands can reach out to you for sponsorship opportunities. Mm -hmm. And this brand reached out to me. They have a platform that they currently, their clients are mostly yoga studios and meditation studios where they do like virtual classes and, and content and whatnot, but they're trying to expand their genres and they're targeting coaches right now. And so they reached out to me and they want me to partner with them to put my content on their platform where they handle like all the payment and everything. And one of the things they have is unlimited data for as many videos as you want to upload and you can tag them all and charge people different prices for different levels of access. Ooh. And they reached, manifest that. they reached out to me on the day that I said I needed to figure that out. It's inexplicable. You manifested it. Let me see too. Are you a specific manifester or a, yeah, you're a specific manifester. So in human design, you have your, um, one of the arrows indicates if you're a specific or a non-specific manifester and you are okay. a specific manifester, which means when you are manifesting something, um, be really, really clear. Like when you want something like, even like this, these courses, right? Like I see a course, right? Get really clear. How's it going to be? Like, even with those videos, you're saying like, I want it to be searchable. I want it to be taggable. Like be really specific on what you want. Um, and the universe likes that specificity. Oh my goodness. But especially in the case when you are a specific manifester, um, be really clear about what you want. Like be really clear about exactly what it's going to look like. And then like, just wait and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had a very, I knew exactly what it would look like on my own website. So it, it looks a little bit, it looks a little bit different because it's it's not my website. It's their platform. Right. But like, I knew exactly what it was going to look like. And then they reached out to me and he's the sales guy is giving me this presentation. And the whole time I was like, he should just stop now. I'm in on this. Like, I'm going to buy it. How much is it? Like I'm doing it now. <laughs> I'm already signing up. It's fine. Yeah. Stop and your, stop your presentation. Do they do like the uploading and stuff for you? Will they onboard for you? You, I think they offer that. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I need to like obviously learn a little bit more about it, but I have all the videos on my phone. Like, I think it would be very quick. The thing that was going to take me forever is the formatting. Like I run it, my site is on WordPress. Yeah. It's not formatting. That would be a bitch. Yeah. Like I love word. I love that my site is on WordPress because I think it will facilitate having a blog later. And like, I'm very comfortable in WordPress but it makes adding things like that very time consuming. Yeah. 
Honestly, um, any of the platforms would make that, that would be a, that would be a big undertaking we'd say. Yes. So, so they enable me to like, somebody could have a subscription where maybe they pay, I don't want to put a number out there, but like a nominal amount, something small to be able to access the TikTok videos. But then if they wanted to access longer form content, then there, that's a higher tier. Mm. And if they wanted to, so they could like, like Patreon almost. It, it, so funny that you just said that because my podcast co-host and I have been talking about what long-term monetization for the podcast looks like. And obviously one of those avenues is Patreon. Yeah. And this platform has a module within it that is essentially a Patreon competitor. Oh, okay, cool. But they don't, if you pay for their pro package, which in this scenario that we've laid out, I would be after mm-hmm. my, I'm after my trial, whatever, then they don't take a cut of any of your revenue like Patreon does. Wow. How do they get away with that? Like, how do they do I think that? it's because the people that, that are doing it are also doing all of the video. Like, yeah, it's doing not, services. that's not just their thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like part of this larger portfolio of stuff. But I, so I said to my co-host, like, if this works out for me, that it's going to be amazing. I think for all these other reasons and might be a great option instead of Patreon for the pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I feel like for you, especially because you work a full-time job, the more you can set up passive streams of income. And I feel like too, for you, and like, I was already kind of thinking about this over the weekend because I like obviously knew we were going to record. And it was like, you repeat yourself so much. Like, you must tell people the same 10 things over and over again. Cause like uh, setting up your profile, like, isn't that different? I'm like, I, it's actually funny listening to listening to your content and then like being on dating apps. I'm like, oh, this profile, like Ali would not approve of this. Or like, I was talking to someone who was like not using questions. So like not engaging in further. I was like, this is such bad dating app. Like, I don't know what you want to call it. (laughs) Behavior. Yeah. Whatever it is. But yeah, I think etiquette. Um, I really do say the same thing over and over again, even in my coaching sessions where somebody in theory has a fairly specific situation that we're addressing the theme is very broadly applicable. Um, but even with, da- but with dating app profiles, it's even more true that, you know, the part that's personalized and the reason that I still think the profile reboot will be a great program to have is because I'm looking through all your pictures. I'm yeah. helping you pick them. I'm actually like writing prompts with people. So based on stuff I know about them, um, I'm going to project for a second, but what I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm almost em- envisioning is like you create a profile reboot course for, and then people can step into the program. They go through the course, but you, then you add the one-on-one. So it's like people can buy the course standalone if they just don't want the, you know, that can be your low price offer for just like anybody following you. Like, Hey, you want to redo your profile? Here's the course. And then people who step into the reboot can do the course so that you don't have to repeat yourself. And then when you show up on the sessions, it's like, well, let's look at your photos. Well, let's look at like, let's give you the one-on-one intention. Um, right. I feel like that yeah. would be such a cool way to set it up. That was my exact thought. And I thought that I could then pitch the cost of the reboot would be inclusive of the cost of the course. Yeah. So when I like pitch it from a marketing perspective, it will be less than it is now because it, we won't have to spend as much time together. But yeah. when I pitch it from a marketing perspective, it'll be like, it is X amount but less the amount of your course. So you only have to pay an additional this much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, 
Um, I know a coach who does that. And honestly, I, my guess is you're under from everything you've said, my guess is you're undercharging um, because the coaching industry is like, it's just how it works. It's expensive. So like I, I work with a coach who I think her course is like $200. And then to do her course plus a session with her one session is like $700. Um, yeah. My sessions are currently $200 for one session. Yeah. For an hour. Yeah. Which I, that's a good price. Like, I mean, people yeah. could, I'm glad you're not charging less than that. Um, well, that's the new price. Yeah. Yeah. What were, what were your old prices out of curiosity? Did you go one, by 144 for an hour? Oh, good. Yeah. Good. No, I, I think that's good. I think that's good that you upped them. Um, and like the more you up your prices, this is the other thing to remember is the more like, yes, it might mean you take less clients a week at a higher price point, but like that's as a projector, especially what you want. Like you'd rather take four clients at a higher price point that you get to really see and really help on a deep level than take nine clients at a lower, you know, at a lower level where you can't spend as much time and you're burning yourself out. Definitely. And I think this is also in a, in a state of being where I have additional revenue streams where like right now, if I don't have a one-on-one client, I don't make any money because I don't have other options. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I feel like for you, especially because of the amount of reach you have, like you have a ton of people who are following you, but probably not a ton who want to step into higher level coaching or not all of them. I mean, obviously, yeah. you higher, but like not all hundred thousand of them are going to where if you drop a course, that's a hundred dollars or like somewhere in the more lower price range, people are going to. Yeah. And I think when I do that, I'm going to have to increase the cost of my one-on-one coaching in order to just make the relationship make sense. I would. And just, especially because the goal for you isn't to make this a full-time business. Like you have a you have a fucking full-time job. Yeah. So the goal for you is like, how can you keep helping people and make money without working 90 hour work days, yeah. which probably means cutting back on one-on-one coaching, which means the one-on-one you do is going to be high level. Yeah. I think that makes you sense. That many, right? Yeah. And I also, right now I'm not doing literally any marketing about my coaching. I don't even have videos about it. The fact that I have it, I don't do them. Which is super appropriate for a projector because it's like, we don't do well with the very salesy, like, and then I offer this and then I offer this. Like the whole thing is kind of like, you have an energy that guides people that really sees people on a deep level. And by just showing up and providing value, someone's going to seek out how to work. If someone wants to work with you and they're drawn to your energy, they're going to figure out how to do it. So you don't need to do, I actually have stopped doing like link in bio, um, blah, blah, blah. All the like typical call to actions that were taught because as a projector, it's kind of like, we're here to guide. So like show up on your platform and guide and the people who want to work with you are going to find a way to do it. They're going to get to your website and find it. They don't need the. Yeah. People, what happens is people DM me with a question and I have a bunch of saved replies that say like, I would love to help with individual situations via direct message, but it's too overwhelming for me. Here are my options. But I charge them. (laughs) Yes. Basically. It's a nice way of saying that ain't free. Yeah. Which people understand and people who don't, oh, yeah. don't want as clients anyway. Not one person has said like, what the fuck? Why isn't this free? Not one. No, no one's expecting you. Like you're already putting out so much free content too. So it's like, if you want, there's tons of content for you to choose from. And having this library of videos, is going to be great for you. Cause you could be like reference said library, you know? Right. Yeah. It's 10 bucks or 20 bucks or like whatever it is. Like some, I want it to be an amount of money. That's not a, a thought. 
Yeah, that's just like, oh, let me check it out. And yeah, it. like if I lose that money, it's not going to be a problem. At least I tried it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did have one person. So I have these text scripts. I write scripts. Mm-hmm. They're more frameworks than scripts, but I write scripts for people that struggle with direct communication and to, which is most people. Yeah. Um, and like helps take some of the anxiety out of figuring out what to say in different situations. And I made a page of my website where all of them are in the same place. And, and there's little sections that talk about why I send each one, et cetera. It's free. I ask for a newsletter sign up in order to receive the password to that page. I, one person, I think I have 12,000 people signed up one out of 12,000 has written like, what the fuck? Why do I have to sign up for a newsletter to get this? And I'm like, excuse you, ma'am. Yeah. This is free. Also, by the way, you could unsubscribe. The second that you get it. Yeah. 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 Although I have been thinking that I should change the password on a semi-regular basis so that, and say that I'm going to change it so that like people have to stay subscribed in order to like receive the potential update Mm. of the new password. Mm-hmm. because I now use my email list to promote my podcast and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a lot of extra work to me personally as a projector. I'm like, Psh, don't even bother. Because the thing is like people who are drawn to you are going to stick around and people who yeah, don't, that's true. then like, fuck them, you know, whatever. There's plenty of people out there and you have a really big reach. So it's not like you have 12,000 people on your email list. Even like if you miss one, you miss one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I like, I need to, I need to start taking that more like level up thought process. Like I get, I get very focused on, especially if somebody is pissed or if something has gone wrong for someone, like the website glitches or if they don't, I, I get too, I get too wrapped up in, I need to not. Yeah. Like really invested in how others are receiving you is like what I'm taking from that. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what's, behind that? Like, what do you think is the underlying like gremlin or fear behind that? So I think, I actually think I probably shouldn't have said yes, because it's slightly different. It's not, it's not that I'm getting wrapped up in how others are perceiving me. It's, I get wrapped up in if I am perceived to have made a mistake. Ooh, the perfectionism gremlin. (laughs) Yeah. So it's not, it's not like, oh, this person doesn't like me. That couldn't care less. Fuck you. Yeah. I don't like you either. Like, I don't care. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. But like trolls, people that comment on my TikTok, I don't, I literally couldn't care less. In fact, I usually thank them because they've helped me because every time a comment comes, it pushes my video out to more people. So like, thank you, sir. And yeah. I say sir, because it's almost exclusively yeah. men. Um, I don't like to generalize, but just based on the data. Um, <laughs> but I think where I struggle is not those people, but rather the people who have, who have legitimate criticism and, and deliver it f- kindly sometimes, but where I've made a mistake or done something not great or not as well as I could have done it, or, those types of things is where I get wrapped up. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it just triggers you down that like path of like, oh my God, I messed up. I didn't do it good enough. I didn't put it out right. Yeah. Do you, do you find that that comes out up for you a lot when you're like making content or when you're like putting something new out? Like if you go to put out these courses, is that something that kind of like, oh, it needs to all be perfect. It needs to all be right. Yeah. I think that I dealt with that when I was building my website. Cause I built my website from scratch by myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any outside help with it. And I am not an IT person. I just, yeah, used to have a, is hard. yeah I, I had a food blog a while back that I, and by a while back, I mean, less than a year ago. Um, I built a food blog during quarantine when I was unemployed and I 
so I knew WordPress, but I had this very, and I still deal with this with the podcast too. I have this very omnipresent feeling that I need to do everything in order to do one thing. Yes. Like if my site, when I was building the site before I hit publish was like, if it didn't have everything I wanted it to have, it couldn't have anything. Yeah. It's like that all or nothing mentality. It's like, everything's got to be on there and it's got to be all perfect. It's all going to be ready to go or burn the whole thing down and I'm done with it. (laughs) Yes. Like that. Um, God, I see that all the time in people. (laughs) Yeah. So I had, that was really difficult to, to let go of that. Like my, my website didn't need to have, I wasn't even talking about it to anyone yet. It didn't need to have every single thing yet. Um, and so I, I do struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's a really common. And I know you said you listened to the podcast a little bit too. Like that's a really common gremlin that people deal with is this like needing to have it all perfect or even just like needing to have it all figured out before you do it. It's like, I, Whoa, like, and it's what holds us back oftentimes, like, because you know, you want to do courses, you know, that that passive income and you have such a strong, you have such a strong following and reach that I feel like if you start putting out courses, you'd be waking up to income in your bank account all the time. Um, But it's this piece that holds us back of like, oh, but I have to have it all figured out. And since I don't have it all figured out, I'm not even going to do anything. Right. I'm just going to stay where I am. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this survey to my followers to figure out which of the passive revenue streams that I'm thinking about would be most helpful for them so that I can figure out where to focus my energy first. Mm-hmm. Because and I. What are the couple of things that, yeah, Nala's going to visit. What are the couple of things that, like, you keep saying, like, I'm all over the place. I need to figure out which things when you send out, the, what are the things? I'm just curious. So, courses. Um, yeah. like written down things. So like a, a pamphlet, if you will, I need to find a better word for it, like but you have an ebook. Kind yes. Of. An ebook yeah. of my best dating profile tips or, you know, um, ways to address common situations, that kind of thing. Then longer form content. So courses, but that are videos, but they're not interactive. Then webinars where people can ask live Q and a, and I'll answer them, um, after doing a course live. And then workshops. So like you mentioned more like the hot seat coaching thought. Yeah. So PDF workshops, like video content. Mm -hmm. Oh, the searchable TikTok directory. And the TikTok directory. Yeah. That one feels like a no brainer that I should just do. Yeah. Especially if you found this cool website, like that will do it for, like you found this cool hosting site that will do it for you. That makes your life a lot easier. Yeah. Although I have been thinking about the fact that I don't, I actually don't want to do it right away because I want to make sure that I like this platform yeah. during, cause I am the way that they're, the partnership with them is going to work is I'll get it for free for a little while. So I don't want to put, it's going to be a lot of effort even on their platform. It will be a lift, not as crazy as my own website, but a lift to get all my TikTok videos tagged. Cause I have to decide what the tags are. Like can't get around doing that. So I don't want to put that effort in if I don't feel like the platform is long-term the move for me. Yeah. Yeah. You want to make sure that it like sits well and that it feels good and that you like how it works before you spend the energy like that as a projector. Yes. Like you want to make sure that it feels good before you're like, spend all your energy. Exactly. Um, As far as everything else you said to me, again, I'm going to project for a second. These all kind of seem like one in the same thing. Like, I feel like you easily could have a course where you have like 
a mix of PDF and video. Like I've taken a lot of online courses where there's a mix of PDF and video. So it's like, maybe you have 10 modules and module one is setting up your profile and module two is communication and module three is whatever. And they have almost a blend of PDF and video. And you even could offer workshops and charge for them, record them and include the videos in your course. Just pop, pop the hot seat coaching as long as your people are cool with their faces being used or whatever. Yeah. Um, the only part where that gets a little weird. Yeah. Or, or I could do the live webinar Q and A's and record them. And that was that something I thought. Because cool, people would probably be typing in the questions. Exactly. That would be really cool. And it's almost like you could roll the course out. Like you could just get something together. It doesn't have to be perfect. <laughs> get something together, roll it out, have some people like test run it, pilot it, run the webinar off of that to get their Q and A and then include it in like your final version. Yeah. And that's actually what I did with my profile reboot. I piloted it. I had a beta group first. Yeah. Um, so I had 10 women who got it for free in exchange for, they agreed to let me use their new, their before and after pictures and testimonial quotes on my website. Mm -hmm. So I have all these testimonials from people that I had when I launched my course from day one, because I had this beta group. Um, so not that this would be free for this group of testers, but like a similar you knew I was going to say something. About yeah, no, but like, I mean, at the time I had not done yeah. a single oh, yeah. day of that's good in the beginning early on to just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because for all I knew it could have been terrible yeah. and I didn't want to take any money from someone if it was going to be terrible. Yeah, no, it's fair. But this, I know will be terrible. So yeah, I feel comfortable. Yeah. Now you're money. at a point where there's no reason for you not to be charging for anything. Yeah, Even totally if it's agree. Strips, to me, like that, that in my head should be a paid thing, but if it's getting people on your email list, then sometimes that can be just as good. And that was what I thought. You want to have like one thing that like that, that gets people on your email list, but isn't, is kind of free. Um, but those text scripts could also just cause they're free on your website. They also could get included in the course. Well, I was thinking that I could do direct communication courses and I could present my text scripts, but in, because I have TikTok videos about each of them, but TikTok videos are mine are usually 30 to 40 seconds, not the full yeah. minute. Cause who has time to watch a minute long TikTok video? Um, but I was thinking that I could do more in-depth analysis explanation behind each particular text script mm -hmm. as a course. Mm -hmm. So, because I get a lot of questions about them. Do you want to have like multiple courses or do you just want to try like, or do you just want to do like one course that encompasses all your, like, I like, that's almost what I'm seeing is like, it's like the alley experience, you know? And you could include the course for people who work with you one-on-one -on -one so that you're not repeating yourself every five seconds. Like, so they, they get the content before they show up on the call every week. Yeah. My thought was that it was more a la carte. And the reason is because the people who, although I could do a, a broader one as well. Yeah. But the reason why my thought is more a la carte is because I coach people in very different stages of dating or relationships. So I have people that I'm coaching that are just getting into dating or back into dating and they've, and they're trying to make their profile and attack it for the first time either ever or in a while. Then all the way to the other end of the spectrum, I have married clients. Yeah. So I don't want to create a one size fits all course mm -hmm. that won't fit all and therefore will fit no one. Yeah, no, you're totally right. It's like, I didn't really realize that until you said that because like your, your TikTok is so much about like dating profiles, but, um, yeah, that's a really good point. It's almost like 
profile, like profile setup and just like new getting into dating, like confidence, that kind of stuff. And then you've probably got like the middle land communication, actually dating, um, people who've been dating for a really long time and are frustrated, right. Sick of like the same old thing. And then you've got like married couples, like actual, um, couple coaching or yeah. relationship coaching is the word I'm going to use for that. Yeah. Um, I almost think three, like that could be like your three pillars. Like I'm Allie. These are the three different types of dating coaching. I do. I have three different courses. I've also got this TikTok directory. I've also got all, you've got all sorts of things. Yeah. All sorts of things. And you're a one three. So it's really appropriate for you to have all sorts of things. <laughs> Me, I'm like twitching. I'm like, Oh my God, you have like 19 things going on. How are you handling this? But actually as a one three, um, you're kind of tossing things out there. You're tossing them out there. You're seeing how they go. You're seeing what works. You're seeing what lands. Yeah. Um, it's because it's funny for me hearing, hearing that three pillar idea that makes me uncomfortable. It makes me feel like it'll be. Box. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, a, so literally three, the words that I were coming out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. That's a one three. That, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, and so that's okay. Like then you got to do it your way. Like you always got to do it your way. Like that's going to be the number one thing. Um, so if you want all the car classes and workshops and, you know, that just is a lot more work for you, um, because you've got like, you're going to, you know, you're gonna have to make 10 different courses or 10 different levels. You're gonna have to price them out differently. Um, so how can we make that easier? How can you step into this, do this thingy, but also like make it a little bit easier on yourself. So you're not burnt out. Yeah. Well, and I think that a lot of them could be like used in different functions. So I don't think that if I have all of these a la carte courses, that it necessarily means that I need that much more content than if I had three bigger courses, because what I'm imagining is that it's like the snippets, like a mini course. Yeah. Like a bunch of mini courses, a bunch of mini courses that you can also bundle. So, and I do pricing for a living. So like that part doesn't bother me that the figuring out how to price everything, like it's yeah, literally you my, that that's what you do for your, your, yeah. your job, isn't it? Yeah. So like figuring out what those different bundle pricings and tiered pricing should be like that part, that'll, that won't be a problem. Yeah. So it's like, you can either select from these a la carte options. You've got like, maybe someone just wants dating profile set up. Maybe someone just wants whatever. And then you can also have levels of like, get a couple together or get a whole course that has all of them in it, you know? Right. And I'm also thinking like a, you may also like type of feature, which my website already has the, the, um, e-commerce module that I have integrated into my WordPress, it has an upgrade option. So when somebody, let's say is looking at, I have a profile review that almost nobody gets. They usually go for the upgrade, but I have a profile review that you don't get any face-to-face time with me. You just send me your profile and I'll give you written feedback. Mm. And on the product page for that, my website recommends as a, you may also like the profile reboot because my e-commerce platform has a, has a thing in there to say like, Hey, what's a more expensive item that the person looking at this one might want instead. That's and a nice feature. Yeah. It's great. So literally nobody buys the profile reboot review, but I can see that they go to the page. Yeah. So it's, it's working. And um, like, Oh, actually it's mm-hmm. way better. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I mean, it's more expensive, but it's not an insane amount more. Um, like the profile, re- the profile review is overpriced on purpose. Um, yeah. It's like when you, no one buys a small coffee. I mean, why would you? Yeah, it's the, exactly. So, but <laughs> what I'm thinking with the courses and this platform could do this too, is let's say that you buy a, how to write a dating app profile course, and it's a mini 
you know, mini course. Then it could say, you may also like this broader course that includes that. And you can take the cost of the thing that you bought off of the cost of this broader thing. So it's almost like a tester. And then that course includes starting conversations, how to have good combos on an app, how to get on a date from it, like how to go from app to date all the things that you might want to know after you write your profile, but the profile writing module in a sense is like the entry price point into that broader course. And it's not actually creating more work for me because it's part of the broader course. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, you're going to, you're basically going to make one course and then you're going to break up and sell all the pieces separately. Exactly. That's, that's exactly the plan. I like that idea. And, and because you have such a wide audience, especially it almost will speak to a wide range of people. Like maybe I just want to go spend 20 bucks and get, um, you know, how to start your profile or starting conversations, or maybe I want to do a little bit more and bundle them together. Or maybe I'll do the whole kit and caboodle, which I think a lot of people are going to end up doing. They're just going to be like, actually, instead of buying four of them, I'm going to buy the whole thing. Probably. And then I, you know, I figure out what that inflection point is of, you know, how many individual ones should add up to the total. Like what should that inflection point be where the math makes more sense for somebody to buy the full thing? Yeah. Yeah. Which you should definitely do. And it sounds like that's something you excel at. So that's not going to be too hard for you to figure out. Yeah. So where do you think, um, do you think that there's going to be any issues with you starting and getting into this because of this, like, oh, but it all needs to be perfect. Oh, I need to have it all figured out. It's all got to be perfect before I run it. Probably. I think I will deal with that most with written content. Mm. So like the PDFs that I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. because I'm already quite accustomed to being in front of the camera and putting out content that I, I don't want to say that I don't spend much time on it, but I don't reshoot very often. Yeah. And it's not that you don't spend time on it. It's like knowing where your strengths lie. Like for me, I'm I'm not that good of a writer, but I'm a good speaker. So I started a podcast and I pay my assistant to write captions because it's not my strong suit. (laughs) Well, it's funny because- I was a creative writing minor in college and I like, I actually do love writing and I, I think I'm good. I'm very good at it, but I'm a perfectionist about it in a way that I am not a perfectionist about my videos. Yeah. Perhaps because writing is a core part of who I am and has been for my entire life. It feels like this product, this work product needs to be fantastic because I consider myself a good writer. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to put it out at a level you're not happy with. So um, and I right. think that can happen with writing. I mean, I know I'm not even a good writer and that happens with me. Like I end up editing and editing and editing and editing. It's like, it probably was fine the first time. And here I am redoing it for the 15th time. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. just post it. Have you heard that quote that's like done is better than, like done is better than, what is it? What is it? Getting it out. It's basically the point is one. like putting it out there is better than not doing it and having it be perfect. Like it's better yeah. done than not done at all. Um which I think is so common. I mean, I, I see that with my clients all the time. It's like, we don't even end up doing the thing because we're so stuck in this land of like, well, it's, it's not ready yet. Yeah. I do love the quote. Perfect is the enemy of good. Ooh, I've heard that one too. Mm-hmm. And I feel that because, and I had to tell myself that a lot when I was doing my website that like not having a website is a lot worse than having an imperfect website. Yeah. And like, how many times have you been on someone's website and been like, oh my God, this is so offensive. It's not perfect. Yeah. Also, this is a funny story and now maybe she'll hear this, but it's fine. Um, so when I was getting into dating coaching, I, and I still do, I followed a lot of dating coaches and there were people that I really looked up to and still do. And it's all, it's, it is funny though, to look back and see the people 
that I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I'm never going to have that follower count that this person has and how it has happened. Like that's a cool kind of narrative to look back on with myself. Yeah. But there were a few people whose websites I really liked. And when I was building my website, I took theirs as inspiration in terms of, you know, oh, this person has a, a page for this. That's a great idea. This person sets hers up like this. That's a great idea. And I like, you know, took a lot of inspiration from different people. One of the dating coaches whose websites I really liked and used as inspiration reached out to me to ask how I built my website because she liked it so much. You're like, ah. like that's interesting because I, I used yours, but I mean, it doesn't look anything like hers because well, I, yeah, but yeah. That is so funny. Like you're like, yeah. And I didn't, I like looking back, I'm like, I should have told her, but I felt weird about it. So I didn't. Shut up. She probably would have laughed. She probably would have. And maybe now she'll hear this and laugh, but it's, (laughs) it was just funny because it now looks nothing like hers, but I, one of the ones that I looked at for how to do it really well was hers. Yeah. Like to get, and I do that all the time. It's like, just to see like, okay, I like the setup. I like the structure. I like that. She's got this over here. Yeah. And then there are other websites that I went to of other coaches, not just dating coaches, because a website is not dating specific, like coaching is coaching when you're thinking about how a customer will, or a potential client will look at it and do, and go through the flows of a site. There were other sites that I went to and thought it is extremely difficult to find out what this person does. Yeah. Which isn't a good sign. No. That's no. not what you want in a website. That's the absolute no. opposite of That's, what you want in a website. And I'm in e-com specifically. So in my day job, so like I deal with conversion rates, bounce rates, click-throughs, like that's what I do on a daily basis yeah, for so my company's website. Model. Yeah. So, and it, it's also been interesting because I also have a lot of, I don't know if insider information is the right word, but like industry information about benchmarks, about that kind of stuff, Hmm. especially for email marketing. Like what's a good open rate? What's a good click-through rate? What is a good bounce rate? What do, how long do people normally spend on a page? Hmm. And so because I know a lot of that, I think I've been able to leverage a lot of analytics and data for my own stuff. hundred percent. See, I'm not good. That's like, you lose me totally in that realm. I don't, (laughs) I don't even check mine. I'm the worst for the first time ever. I've owned a business for three years. I just checked like my analytics for my website for the first time ever, like a couple of months ago. And I almost never look at them. Granted, oh, I don't wow. get a ton of web traffic. I will say that. Like I don't, don't get web traffic, which is why I don't think I feel that strongly about yeah. it. Um, well, and, we're in, and I'm in the middle of redoing my website right now. Actually, Paige is helping me get it, get it like, you know, my new offerings and kind of like fancied up. But yeah, I'm just the total opposite when it comes to that stuff. And I feel like it would be good to know, like at some point I should probably hire someone who knows more about that and just be like, what's the deal with this? What could I be doing better? Yeah, Uh, I geek out on that stuff. And my podcast co-host is very similar. And so she has been, because she's responsible, she, bless her soul, does all of the editing and um, sort of tech side of having a pod. And she has gotten very invested in the, Um, like Spotify and Apple analytics and all of that stuff. And so she's created these charts in Google sheets that she and I share to track listens on different episodes and how our growth looks. And we just both nerd out on it. And it's great. Yeah. I'm not very data driven. I have to say, and I said, I could be better about it. Like um, I I probably should be better about it. One of my, uh, what's one of the girls who came on the podcast is like, that's like what she did for a living for a little while. And she was like, you don't check your analytics. I was like, no, I'm the worst. (laughs) I'm kind of more like, I'll just put out what feels good and the right people will find me. Well, I also think there's something to be said for that because there are, so and I, I also follow a lot of like TikTok marketing accounts and stuff. And one of the things that they talk about is, yeah, check your analytics to give you, to give yourself a sense of what's checking, 
but also people can tell if you're not showing up authentically and providing content that you that you are only doing because you think it's going to do well and not because it's actually something that resonates with you authentically. Yes. Oh my God. I have so much to say about that. And that's something I see people make the mistake of all the time too. And it's like, and they're posting because they want to get followers instead of just like posting what they want to say. Right. People can feel that energy. And actually it's true in dating too. Like people say, you know, play hard to get, no, don't play hard to get, be hard to get. Mm-hmm. Like people can feel an energy when you are reflecting back at them what you think they're looking for mm. versus reflecting your own authentic energy and what you're looking for. Yeah. I never really thought about it in terms of dating, but it makes perfect sense. I think for sure on social media, like it's going to come through. It's going to come through anytime you're, you're saying what you think the people want to hear and you're putting out things that like don't actually align with you at all. Yeah. And I... I have been guilty of mailing it in on content before on days when I'm film or projector than I am <laughs> and I just don't have the energy. Yeah. Um, I need to do better about batch recording on days when I'm feeling good. Um, that would be as a projector, that would be probably a good technique for you to get into. Like when the energy's there, knock it all out. Yeah. And so just like way, do some, it's sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And like, I think I just need to like do some outfit changes because the one thing I hate is when an entire creator's account, they're all, they're wearing the same thing in every video. You're like, you clearly did this all the anyway. Yeah, and all you have to um, do is change your shirt, really, you know. Exactly. Um, but so I need to be better about that. But I've definitely been guilty of mailing it in on days when I'm just not feeling it. And it comes across in the analytics and people feel it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so important. And it's it's cool that you brought that up because that's something I talk about all the time is like, how can you be more authentic and stop worrying so much about the outcome? And like for you, I feel like that's like you didn't expect to have, you weren't like out, like I'm going to get a hundred thousand followers. Like it just kind of happened. You were just showing up, doing your thing. And now you're almost like, well, shit, I should be charging. Like I should make this into a business. Yeah. I mean, that's how it happens. And it's interesting too. I have, um, one of my friend's husbands works for TikTok and I was talking to her. She asked me actually to take her through how I grew on TikTok. Um, not because of his job, but because of hers and she's in marketing. And so I took her through it and I had just done this like Google doc of it, honestly, chicken scratch, just, she's a very close friend of mine. So she didn't care, but like, um, stream of consciousness, here's what I did. Here's how I grew. Here are the things that I think were important. Here are the things that I wish I hadn't done all that stuff. And when I was done, she was like, you should turn this into a course to teach people how to grow on TikTok. And you should actually sell it to TikTok because, and apparently from her husband, like people are not thinking about it in all of those ways often mm-hmm. with the authenticity married with the analytics, because people I think are either super analytics focused and they're not being authentic, or you have the like Charlie D'Amelio's of the world who are teenagers and they're just like, be yourself. I'm like, okay, well, that's not helpful either. Yeah. Yeah. And there is some, they do have to kind of come together, you know? And like, I tend to be more on the like, oh, whatever. I just put out what I want and see how it does kind of, I'm not, again, not big, not analytics driven, but there is some analytics still to it. I mean, and there's always like, there's going to be always be that piece. Like things with my face do better. Like I still do try to keep up with the trends and everything else. Otherwise my content would be buried. Right. It's like getting that sweet spot. And the thing I'm curious about, you talked on it real quick at the beginning, which I think would be as a projector, the best fucking way to make money sponsorships. How have those gone for you? You mentioned it quickly, but we haven't really gotten into it. 
Yeah. So the, the first one that I did was with a dating app, a new dating app that wanted more users. Um, and so I made a few videos for them and it was, it was fun. Um, but I think that what I have found is that that particular sponsorship, and I think ones like it where I'm making content, that content took a lot longer than my normal content because I had to script it. I had to make sure I was hitting the points they wanted me to hit. And of course, just to say this out loud, before I did any of this, I aligned with the brand. I liked them. Yeah. Just, I wanted to make that clear. But so I had to do, and my mom filmed it for me because I had to do costume changes. Like there was just a lot more involved than there is when I just show up in front of the camera. So I actually found that although it was a great revenue stream, my hourly rate was not very high relative to the amount of work it took. The and that's what work. I was going to ask because people have asked me that about the podcast and I don't have that much reach on the podcast anyway. So I haven't tried to monetize it all because I'd rather get people into my own programs than, and I don't find that, again, you have way more reach than I do. I'm not sure that the energy exchange is worth the amount of money. So that's why I was curious to see what your take is on it. Like, yeah. So they actually offered me a long-term deal. So originally they paid me for three videos. They ended up buying those videos for their own use as well, because let me also just say this out loud, redline your fucking contracts for sponsorships, because the original contract that they gave me gave them ownership of my videos in perpetuity. All of your videos or just those three? No, no, no. Just those three. But I pushed back on them and said, no, no, no. If you want to use these videos for something else, you're going to have to pay me more later. Like, I'm not going to make you pay me more now because you haven't seen them yet. But if you see them and you like them and you want to use them for your own advertisement, that's going to cost you more. That's so important. And they ended up seeing them and liking them and wanting to use them. And then they had to pay me more, but they wouldn't have had to in the original version and of the most contract. Most people are just like so excited to have a brand reach out that they, I think they can easily take advantage of people. Yeah. And they actually, when I said, I literally sent it back redlined like a lawyer and they said they're like, okay, we're gonna have to get back to you. No, the other inf- none of the other influencers have done this. Yeah, I, oh, I bet, I bet, because and people don't read contracts. So, um, and again, like I've never got, I've never done sponsorships, or, but it's an interesting thing to me because it's like it's what you're already doing. So why not get paid for it? But it's got to have that equal energy exchange too. Exactly. So then when they, so then the rest of the story is then after that went really well, they asked me to do a longer term sponsorship that would have been basically through the rest of this year. And it would have had like, I forget the exact things, but it would have had like a couple videos a month and they were going to do some giveaways for my coaching sessions. And it, it was a great offer. But when I really evaluated it and how much time I would have to spend putting into each of those videos, it just didn't make sense for me. So I didn't do it. No. Yeah. Good. And good for you. And I almost feel like that's like, we talked about this. She's a splenic projector. Like that's that intuition that like something's just not right. Like something's just off and I don't want to do it. Um, Yeah. And I, so I said yes at first, actually. And I then I said, I hadn't signed anything, but I said, I said yes via text message to my contact there. And then I thought about it overnight and I reached back out to her the next day and said, I'm so sorry. I know I said yes yesterday, but I really thought about it. And like, my gut was just telling me this is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so good that you listened to that. Like that is so important. And like, that's a lot of the work I do. And which is this interesting, and I hadn't really touched on this with you. You have a defined heart center in human design, which is actually really rare. Um, about 70% of the population has the heart center open, but yours is defined. Mine is also defined. We're a rare what does that breed. Mean? It basically means the heart center is the will. It's where willpower is. It's where the ego is. It's like, it's our center has to do around our self-worth 
are, it's a money kind of is, is tripped up in there. And when you have a defined heart, you always want to know, well, what's in it for me? Well, what am I getting out of this end of the deal? Mm. And we can get taught that that's like a bad thing. No. Uh, what? No, that's not a bad thing. No, of course not. I don't think it's a bad thing, but I think there can be some conditioning for people around that. Yeah. And um, so whenever you have a defined heart, like, and it's especially important with a defined heart that you're like charging enough for your services, right? That you're charging what you feel worth because if you're giving and you're not getting back what you feel worth, like what you feel like you deserve, there's, you're always going to get thrown into that bitterness projector spiral. Um, and especially being a projector with a divine heart, we don't have that much energy. So when we commit to something and when we go do something, like we want to know, like, what am I getting out of it? What is my end of the bargain? And are you going to uphold my end of like, am I going to get what you told me I was going to get? Um, Wow. So for sure, like a sponsorships, I could see being a little hairy with a defined heart because if it's taking you a lot longer than your regular content and the payout isn't glorious, you're going to feel a little like, well, this didn't, <laughs> this didn't work. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that you say that because I'm now I'm just reflecting on my own experiences and things about, you know, myself. And one of the things that I often say to my clients is they'll say something on the lines of like, well, they're not making me their first priority. Of course they're not. They're their first priority. You're at best number two, as you should be, because each person, they should be their own individual first priority, always. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that you're not important. Yeah. But you you should be your own number one priority. That shouldn't be them. You shouldn't be prioritizing your partner over yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a really interesting partnership conversation speaking about like future partnerships this week, actually with a brand that I'm going to partner with, but originally they came to me with a partnership idea that was more of like a barter. And I wrote back to them and I said, you know, and I talked to the partnership person and I said, listen, like, I just can't, I can't do unpaid sponsorships. And, and they actually said, you know, we absolutely understand. We applaud you for saying that because a lot of people, especially a lot of women don't stand up for what their time is worth. Where we're at financially right now, It doesn't make sense, but can we get on the phone and talk about what pieces we could take out of the partnership that would make you feel comfortable doing it this way now, and then potentially transforming it into a paid partnership in the future. And that's kind of funny that they were like, oh, good for you. Cause everyone else just lets us scam them. (laughs) Well, no, I think they more just were like, but But they're so right. Like so many women don't. And especially with that defined, like I said, most people have an open heart center. So when that happens, there's a lot of proving, oh, I need to prove I'm good enough. Oh, I need validation from other people. We don't experience that as much with defined hearts, but we're the, we're on the rare side. Yeah. Um, And it especially comes through in entrepreneurs and charging what you're worth. And I sponsorships, I could see that especially. Yeah. And so what we ended up landing on is because part of their initial pitch was that I would create content. And so what I said to them is like, that's the part that takes the most energy for me that I really need to be paid for. Um, But what I would love to do is so, and they also have a big reach as well. It's bigger than mine. So there is a barter, like I will be getting visibility from what they're doing. Um, And so we're going to, I'm going to appear on some of their live stream stuff. Like they're going to come on the pod. So we're going to do stuff that doesn't take my energy nearly as much as creating like special content for them. And I'm obsessed with this brand and everybody will know what it is when I like partner, I'm obsessed with them and I love their mission. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to be able to partner with them. And it just, we just had to have that conversation to figure out what made the most sense for both of us. 
Yes. Yeah. And good for you for standing your ground because otherwise you could have entered into it. And even though you love the brand and it could have been a beautiful relationship, you could have burnt yourself out and just felt bitter and nasty about it. And it's like, you just address that right from the beginning and like, okay, I want to work with you, but not like that, you know, not in that capacity. Right. And then as things move forward, like they really want to build to a place where I could be a longer term partner for them. And then the structure would look different. And, you know, now I'm in the position where I'm potentially able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome. And like, it gives you the space to kind of grow. And, and like, you know, again, keeps going back to that projector thing as a projector, like we don't have that much energy. So we want to make sure what we are spending our energy on really feels good. You know, really is a brand that aligns really is a bargain that feels okay. Like I'm getting my half of the deal. Like it has to be there because otherwise it's like just that cycle to burn out. Right. Totally. That is so awesome. And I, I feel like that will be the key for you in making this business work and still staying at your day job because you love your day job. So typically I'm trying to convince people, I'm like, get out of your day job and, and, and take this thing on full time. But for you, you really don't want that. And I think the more you sell courses, the more you do sponsorships, the more you start making passive streams of income, the less you're going to have to like put into it. And you'll still just be getting paid all the time. Yeah. And my company, my day job company knows about my side hustle actually featured me. There was an, um, our internal newsletter. There's like a monthly internal newsletter and it's, I work for a pretty big company and on international women's day, they did a feature on, I think it was 10 of us. You could apply to be featured if you had a business on the side. Mm. And so they featured female entrepreneurs within the country, within the company on international women's day. And so like the whole company found out about my coaching business. Um, but everybody was really supportive and excited for me. That's so cool. That's awesome. And like, I love what you're doing. Like, and this is one of the reasons I reached out to you. Like I, I've, I've, I've just became single. Like I just got out of a relationship like around Thanksgiving, I would say. Um, and I'm not really dating yet, but I'm like, kind you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm creeping on the apps. And, um, I, so I started following you and like, I just think it's so cool that you're helping people with the communication piece. And I feel like you're helping so many women like stand their ground and stand up for Mm -hmm. themselves and stop getting treated like shit and stop getting ghosted and just being like, Oh, it's okay. Let's still hang out. Like you are giving people that empowerment and it's so freaking cool. Thank you. It's, um, direct communication is simple, but it's not easy. It's not, it's not. I have a a friend who's always asking me for dating advice. And like a lot of the girls he's dating just aren't communicating. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you because like, they're not communicating with you. Like, (laughs) They're not telling you what they want. So like, no. how are you supposed to know? I'm not like a mind reader anymore than you. Are. Yeah, it's re- it's really tough, and I think that it's also the fact that, especially as women, we've been socialized to think that being assertive is aggressive, mm-hmm. and being direct is too much. Yeah, yeah, you're right, and it's like. Um, even that with your text scripts of like, I'm not comfortable with that. You know, just, just saying those words for so many women is so hard. Like, I'm not comfortable with that. Can we do something else? Or I, you know, I, I love that about what, like your content and everything you're putting out there is like, it's really helping women to stand up for themselves and find that voice and be like, no. Yeah. I mean, even like my ghosting script, which literally just says, I'm taking your silence to mean that you're no longer interested in seeing each other. I'm disappointed that you didn't communicate that directly. And I hope that you will give the next person you're with more respect. And in your closing the door, you're not, you're not open to dating this person anymore. So many women in the comments of that video, and I'm talking hundreds 
said something along the lines of this reeks of desperation. This is so needy. Why would you send this? Just block him. Like, no, caring how you're treated is not desperate nor needy. Yeah, no, not at all. And it's like you're setting, and I think you talk about this a lot on your platforms. It's like you're also benefiting of the next woman that guy goes and date. Like, it's not just about like, yeah, you could just let it go and that's fine. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with just letting it go, but it's like, you're actually addressing the problem and changing it on a bigger scale. Yeah. It's a team sport. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I always like when you say that of like, because you do talk about that sometimes on your your platforms. It's like, okay, well, even if you're not going to date the guy anymore, it like sends the message of like, no women are going to tolerate this. Like we're not tolerating this. So don't try to do it to the next one either. Right. Because the only reason that ghosting happens, I mean, is because we accept it as a society. We've accepted that that's what happens in dating. And a lot of people say that ghosting is just the norm. No, it's the norm because we allow it to be. Mm. And the only way to to denormalize the behavior and and stigmatize it is to call it out. Yeah. And even outside of dating, like talking about your fucking feelings is a skill so many people could use. So like, I feel like it's just so much easier to come on and be like, okay, like that's a great starting point. Like that's a great starting point to normalize us just like telling our truth and talking about our feelings and being like, oh, I, did, I didn't like when you did that. It made me feel like crap. Yeah. Like that's, that is a, per- and then, and then people will say like, oh, well, they won't care anyway. And like, well, if they don't care, then you shouldn't date them anymore. But that doesn't mean that we don't practice talking about how we feel. Yeah. Yeah. You I shouldn't t- date that person. Definitely not. <laughs> like, yeah, no, you, like you said, the door is shut. Yeah. But it's just like normalizing communication is really what it comes down to. And I'll be curious to see is like, as you go through this, if like years down the road, you're working on communications in all levels, you know, cause that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. I've actually had a lot of women ask if they can use my scripts in friendships. Mm, yeah. And there's actually, there's a, a friendship coach that I follow on TikTok and I, oh, I forget her name. I think her name is Danielle, but she does a lot of content about communication and friendships. And so much is so relevant. I mean, obviously the scripts are geared toward a romantic situation, so you would need to change it. Yeah. But like that friend who only reaches out to you every few weeks when she needs something, or, you know, that friend who cancels on you last minute every single time. Like these are things that we deal with in all of our relationships, not just our romantic ones. Yeah. And it's even just like the boundary setting, right? Like that's going to come up at work. It's going to come up with family. It's going to come up all the time. So just starting with practicing setting boundaries with people on dating apps is yeah, like you complete know. strangers who there is no consequence for what they think of your boundary. Literally not. <laughs> you were never going to talk to him again anyway. Yeah, no, I think I I totally think so. I think it's it's such a good thing that you're doing, and it's funny because it aligns with me. It's like even though it's like dating and it's not related to the work I do at all, it like so is related to the work I do because. You're helping people to really, and I think you worked particularly with women, but probably a little bit of everyone. Yeah. Um, and like, it's, you're helping people to really start to work on those commun- communication things and the boundaries and all those things are so like that. I work with all people in that, in their businesses. It's, it's the same thing. It's just like the different ways of going about it. Yeah. I wish more men would hire me. My followers are 90% women. Um, I yeah. do have a couple male clients and I love them so much. And I wish that more men would, would hire dating coaches specifically dating coaches that are not like pickup artist coaches. Yeah. Like not matchmakers or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or like toxic, you know, how to get her to want you. No, no. Yeah. No, I, I actually sent your profile to the friend who I told you about, who's always asking me for advice. I was like, she's, she's where I would get advice. From. Uh, great. 
<laughs> Come on in. Follows you, but I, I could see, I could see getting less men. I think it would be great if men would like, cause I do see all their negative comments on your, on your yeah. content sometimes. And it's like, it would be great if, if you got more of them and that would be amazing. And maybe someday you'll do like a group for them or a workshop for them and just see, you know, see what happens. But I've been thinking about actually creating because the problem on TikTok, like I've, I've been thinking about creating like some TikTok content that's specifically geared at men, but actually I think what would be interesting is a workshop or that kind of thing for men's dating profiles. I think that I might get a little bit more traction if I'm offering it in that way. I think so too. So that's definitely on my radar because I see them and they need help. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they need, they need just as much help as we are. They just tend to be less open to admitting it, receiving it, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, where women are going to be maybe a bit more, I mean, not again, not a sweeping generalization, but a bit more open to, to feedback and to yeah. letting you look through their pictures and that kind of stuff. Well, in the same way that like we were talking about how women have been socialized to not communicate directly and like that's an issue. Men have been socialized that they're, they don't have feelings or that it's yeah. not valid to have feelings or to care about things. Yeah. So of course they're less likely to reach out for help. Yeah. Oh my God. It's not surprising at all. Poor men. I, I feel bad for them a lot of the time because of that. And I think it makes dating really difficult because they're told not to, and we're told to expect them to be emotionally unavailable. Like, yeah, I think that's a, I did a video about the, oh, if he pulls your hair, he likes you thing. Oh. Like if a little boy is teasing a little girl, we tell the little girl, oh, he probably likes you. No, no, no. Let's no. not tell little girls that when someone is treating her poorly, she should assume that they like her. No, I agree with you. That's one of those things that makes me cringe. I'm always like, oh my gosh. Yeah. No, you should tell him that you don't appreciate him pulling your hair. <laughs> that hurts me. Yeah. Please yeah, no, I, I agree. I just feel like, the work you're doing really is doing that on such a big level. And it's so important. Like it's more than just like, Oh, I'm helping you with your dating profile. Like you're really helping people with really important skills that they maybe have never gotten anywhere else. Thank you. You're welcome. That's the goal. You <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Yeah. And you're doing a great job at it. Obviously your following has just blown up in the last couple of months. Um, so people obviously love what you're saying and love what you're doing and you know, you got a couple trolls in there, but that always happens. And yeah. But like I said, the trolls are helping because the algorithm doesn't know if the comment is negative or not. They push it out to more people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I know you were saying that to me one day. Yeah. So in the, you know, effort of wrapping this sort of wrapping this up, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about these courses? How are you feeling about everything we talked about today? How like your human design information, all that, um, and where are you going to outsource to make this stuff come to life? Cause like you could easily pay someone to make those PDFs for you. Right. Yes. I plan on outsourcing that. I already spoken to somebody about outsourcing that. Yeah. And I, for projectors, I mean, for everybody, but for projectors, especially, and I was really hesitant to outsource. I wanted to, but I was living in land of like, Oh, I can't, I can't afford it though. Like when I can afford it, I'll do it. Um, and finally I hired my assistant because I was like, you know what? I'm not doing it. So like I'm not posting, I'm not writing emails. And it, and I used to be a hands-on massage therapist and I transitioned into, oh, online. yeah, cool. I transitioned into online coaching during the pandemic. So I'm like kind of getting used to having an online business. It's all kind of new to me. And, um, 
so I'm like, I need to be like, now everybody's finding me online. I need to be on there. I need to be posted. And I wasn't. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to hire someone. It was a stretch financially for me to afford it in the beginning. But now I'm starting to fill up. I'm starting to get clients. I'm busy. I'm busy recording. I don't have time. And if I hadn't hired her, I don't think I'd even be at the point I am today. Um, And I I know as soon as I got busy, I would have just like overwhelmed. I would have like totally lost it with posting and it's just a hot mess. Well, that's what I've been thinking about in terms of when I do hire somebody in the next month or so, what do I want them to focus on first? And the things that I want them to focus on, because eventually I would also like someone to help me with posting and whatnot. Yeah. But what I want to tackle first are the the passive revenue stream stuff that I'm not currently doing. Like eventually I would like help with what I am currently doing so that I can have more time to myself, do less. Yeah. Yeah. But I more urgently need help with the things that I'm not even doing. And in terms of the PDFs and whatnot, I'm not an expert at design. Like I know how to use Canva and I, I make things look okay, but somebody could do a lot better. Yeah. And even if you were good at it, is your hourly rate really like that's right. where it comes down to be like, is that how you best should be spending your energy? No. no. So, because right now the amount of revenue that I'm bringing in from my coaching business right now would not support or, or indicate that I should hire extra help, but yeah. it won't get to that place if I don't have these other revenue streams and I'm not getting there on my own. Yeah. That's where I was. And it was the hardest thing to do because it was like, it's just that blind faith that it's going to work out and that that the revenue will be there a yeah. couple months down the line. Um, and it was the best decision I ever made. I don't know how I ever survived without her. And like I said, hire generators, hire Manny Jen. Yeah. Can get all the shit done. And um, I, I do have a little bit more of a safety net in the sense that I do have my full-time job and the amount of money that I'll be spending is not more than I've made on coaching. So like while, while the profit margin doesn't look good, I'm not losing money. And you're not surviving off of it. You have a job. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's a little bit of a different thought process, which almost affords you. It's almost nice in a way of it, like affords you to kind of like make that transition and to keep investing into your business. Like, like for me, I live off of my business too. So I I am still very heavily investing, but it's like, I also have to be able to eat and pay my rent. Where for you, you kind of, you probably aren't super in that position. When I first started my massage business, actually I bartended and waitressed like to get it off the ground. I lived off my bartending income and I just kept um, putting money back into the business. Right. I think when you start outsourcing, you're going to be able to scale this thing like that. I hope um, so. Because all of a sudden you're going to have time. And like when you're less tired and I mean, you're obviously doing great right now, but like when you are less tired and less drained energetically, you're going to be able to show up in full force on yeah. your platforms in your sessions. Like and with courses, I'm working on getting one set up too. I'm hoping to have one set up by the summer. Um, courses are great for projectors because they just, you make it, you put all the effort into making it. I'm going to definitely pay someone to do, I'm going to definitely pay my assistant to do all the, the putting of it together. Yeah. Um, and then they just, it rolls in, you know, and you can always edit it or update it, but it, it's there and it's ready to go. And, and you're helping more people. You can reach right. people who couldn't afford your services. Right. And that's the kind of thing that I've been thinking about is that it's not, I mean, yes, it is a selfish endeavor in the sense that I want to make more money, but like, it's also one-on-one coaching is not financially accessible to the masses. And I would like to be able to help more people. Yeah. And courses are a great way to do that. And I think even I kind of have this vision for you and I don't know if it's just something in my head or if it's going to happen of like, you could even later on 
pull in other people to also coach and have like a dating coach. Like you could be CEO. Oh, interesting. I kind of, I kind of envision you at this. I could see you in like the dress and the heels as like CEO boss bitch. And like, <laughs> and like, you've just got other than new coaches working under you doing the actual coaching. And then you've got people actually doing the behind the scenes and you're just running the show later. I like, down the line. I like that thought. Yeah. You've got some ways to go. And I mean, obviously you're going to keep one-on-one coaching to see what happens, but like, yeah. you know, why not? Why not eventually pull people in under for someone who wants to get into coaching, but maybe doesn't want to start from scratch to just kind of come under your wing. Could be a win-win for everybody. Very true. Yeah. That's the smartest thing for projectors. It's like, we're here to really oversee people and guide people. We're not meant to do the grunt work. Like we're not here mm. to do all the, the doing. Um, so really, I think for us, outsourcing is huge. I mean, for everybody, I'm going to recommend outsourcing. Yeah. yeah but I for agree. us, especially it, like if it allows you to just be more well-rested and like focus on what it is that you're, that you're good at, not that you're not good at building a website or making PDFs, like that, but it's like, that's not why you're here. That's not what you want to do. Right. Right. This doesn't make yeah. sense for you to be doing it. I love that. I think a lot of businesses, I see it a lot. Like a lot of people hold themselves back in that way because it's like that. I can't afford it mentality of like, you're right. Like I, I couldn't justify paying for it when I started getting an assist. It, it didn't really make sense, but yeah. it had to happen. To it had to, yeah. Otherwise you won't scale. It's yeah, it had to happen. And it's like, if I think so many people end up in a position where their business is just at like plateaued for so long because they're scared to take the next step because there is that level of just like blind trust. Like, okay, we're going to pay for this thing and we're going to see what happens. Right. You have to spend money to make money. And that is true. I agree. I agree. So we'll see. We will see. So yeah. How are you feeling good about everything? Yeah, I feel good. I think the, the human design thing was super interesting. Um, it so resonated with me, all the things you were saying about projectors and the different, um, different aspects of my design. So, and definitely something- We just skimmed the surface. We didn't even get into like the, there's so much to it, but yeah, yeah. so it's such a good, like self-awareness tool to just really understand yourself better, understand your energy better and give you that permission slip to work within that instead of trying to keep up with like all the generators of the world and everybody else. Yeah. No, I love that. It was really yeah. helpful. And it's one of those things, once you get like hooked on it, you start looking up everybody else's charts. Oh gosh, I'm sure. You're going to be asking the guys you date, like send, send the birth details. I, I need to look you up. <laughs> I love it. Oh, all right, Allie. Well, it was amazing having you on. Glad that you made it on today and we got to get some of your juicy nuggets of wisdom. Um, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? Yeah, um, this was so fun. Thank you. I am at Finding Mr. Height on all platforms, TikTok, Instagram. Technically, I'm on Twitter and Facebook, but don't find me there. I don't do much. Um, and then my website is findingmrheight.com and there you can see all of my coaching programs that I offer. Um, also my podcast is called finding Mr. Height, the podcast. It's very easy to find. Um, it's on Apple, Spotify, any streaming service that you want or findingmrheight.com slash podcast. Awesome. We will make sure that we get that all and put it in the show notes as always for everybody to click on. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming in. This was awesome. And, um, hopefully maybe we'll do a follow-up with you in like a little bit in a year or something, and we'll see where you're at and see how your business is doing. I just did my first follow-up. We did it on Instagram live. And I think that's something I kind of want to get into to just like, see where people are, see where they like have come and all that good stuff. I love that. That would be great. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, thanks for coming, Allie. And thank you everybody else for tuning in to another episode of Ask Abby. We'll see you next time. Bye.